Hey everyone, this is Aaron and you're tuned in to the Redeeming Identity Podcast. On this episode, we'll talk about how God was at work in redeeming my story even when things at times looked incredibly messy. We'll also hear from our first ever very special guest about trusting God to work when people we care about seem to be or are actually going the wrong direction away from God's plan and away from the people that love them. Before we get into the conversation, though, wanted to give a couple reminders. We'd love to hear from you and hear your stories. Uh, We are also here if you have any questions or or even any comments, anything. uh, You can email us at redeemingidentity at gmail.com. We also have our playlists on Spotify and Apple Music there as resources to give you encouragement. And uh, lastly, we also would love and be so grateful if you would rate and review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever uh, service you're using to listen to this. And now, here's episode three of the Redeeming Identity Podcast. Welcome back to the Redeeming Identity Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk not only about uh, and rebuke the identity that the devil tries to put on us, uh, but we talk about the identity that God has put in you from the day he designed you. So before the universe was created, he designed you, he created you, he had a purpose for your life, and that is your true identity. And so in a world where there's conflicting messages on identity and roles and life, we want to get down to the root of what is actually our true identity, which is the identity that our creator gave us. Uh, as always, over here in the right-hand seat, I have my co-host, Aaron. Man, I feel like I'm 100 miles away from you. <laughs> We're so far we've apart been, tonight, yeah. We've been recording every one of these podcasts on one mic together. I know. And now we're about seven feet away from each other. Two Move. different microphones. Moving on and up. And we have somebody else here, and it's... This is our first guest. Our first guest. Yes. And uh, so welcome to the mic. It's the most beautiful guest we've had. Aaron's lovely Stop wife, it. amazing woman, <laughs> Megan Broach. Hey, Megan. Hello. It's good to be here. I know. Welcome to your first podcast. I know. Recording. Recording. So she's super great. nervous. So if there's. I am yeah. super nervous, but hey. We're just having be a conversation. It's going to be great. So yeah, so, um, I'm, you know, I think. Best thing is always, man, let's just jump into it, which yeah. is where we left off last time. Uh, we got to hear about your struggle with gender and uh, gender identity with same-sex attraction, the things that you were struggling with through through school and college, the bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the man that I know, the Aaron Brooks that I know, is the one that's sitting here in front of me, uh, the man of God, the, the man who helps bring other men to God mm-hmm. and through addiction. I didn't know this, Aaron, so I'm, I'm very interested to hear this next half of the story where, you know, we've 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 heard about how you snowballed, snowballed. Yeah, that'd be the right word. Yeah, my story, the first half of my story that I shared last time, 
didn't sound much like it was redeemed. Uh, it, there was no redeeming that, that I really felt in that time. And in fact, we were focusing more on what John 8, or is it, no, no John 10, 10 says about our enemy, the devil, that he is a thief mm. who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy. And so I've, I've kind of gotten into this. I've, I'm a nerd when it sometimes comes to biblical words. I'll, I'll actually pull out a concordance on my phone during services. Sometimes my wife will see me do it and she's like, what are you doing? You know, and I'm trying to figure out the Greek and the, and the Hebrew roots because that's I just like to go to the, the roots of some of the words we talk about at church. And, um, and so I've been just looking at the word, the prefix, D-E. And the, the way that that is a prefix that always pushes something away or, or down. So the devil, right? The, the devil. Isn't devil. that funny? He, it's devil, yeah. right? So what does he do? He destroys. Destroys. He defeats. Yep. He um, demeans. He, uh, what's another word? He brings depression. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Deletes. What's a really good one? Deception right now in our country. Deception. In our world and specifically uh, this podcast, like he's a he's a thief and a liar and he's using deception to destroy because the deception of identity and the thief, the the taking it away from us and then he destroys. Yeah. And he says, no, that's not who you are. I'll tell you who you are. And so that's obviously what last time was about. If you haven't listened to the first part, please, please go back and check that out. So that was the D. Yeah. And now we're, we're, we're about to hear about the re. Re. And, and R-E, I, I've just found that God seems to fit into a lot of the R-E prefix words. So yeah. you've got, he's a redeemer. Yeah. He's a restorer. Yes. He's the one who... Uh, he revives. He revives us, yeah. right? Refines us. He refines, refines us. Oh, that's a God. good. What a what a word. That's the, the buzz. That's, that's the a word. good one. Refines. Refines. Yeah. And I love that he resurrects. Yeah. Re- yeah. Man. Yes. You know? Yes. So so this is the story of really my life: resurrecting and redeeming. Um, and it makes sense. I love that it really does tie into identity theft. Because to redeem is to buy back. Well, we've, if we've lost and been, something's been stolen from us. If, if we, you know, something's been stolen in our house or in a car and we can't find the person who stole it, then we have to go buy something again. We have to usually use our own cash. And so I love what God did when our identities, when my identity, when my story was stolen, when I was devalued and deceived and, and destroyed, yeah. Jesus came on the cross, yeah. yes. paid the price to redeem. And that is to buy me back. Yeah. Because really, it, my story is, is one of being enslaved. For sure. And, and he paid that price. And so um, that's, I guess, where we'll start. And, what is 
another thing that these stories, we wish that they happen overnight in our lives. But what you're about to hear is about mm, the 15 years that it took for me to get to this point right here. Yeah, because the last time last time we were we were hearing about your story, you were in college, uh, or you just moved to Nashville, I think, actually. So, as I'd said last time, the only job that opened up to me was an architecture firm. So, there is already God's, uh, as my mom calls it, a red thread, because he was weaving a tapestry of redemption. He was doing this work of art where his hand was there. He never left me in this entire time. And it's like, when I gave my life to Christ at age 19, at Passion, even though some of it looks really messy, God is working out a masterpiece. Yeah. And so, so he gets me this architecture firm and I actually lose that job because I look at porn on a work computer. Oh, get you every time. The first job, first, First job I ever had, yeah, fired, yeah. and and start I start in a place of, of defeat almost. And, yeah, and how much? How much? I mean, how much shame did did was brought on you for that? How much shame did the devil try to bring on for you for that? Yeah, I'd say a whole lot. Um, yeah. Even though my boss didn't address that as the reason why he fired me, like yeah. he knew that it had happened. He would rather avoid the topic too. I guess. Yes. Yes. Man, the heaviness of that feeling like a failure for sure um and really not knowing where to go well it was out of that season that god opened up a door for me to be in a christian rock band out of nowhere i mean it was a, such a god thing and so god's still weaving this red thread where he's still carrying me but even while i was in that season in nashville i was still on this search trying to validate my my identity you know i had Ever since Matt Dean had spoken that truth to my heart, I went, man, I, I believe that is not who I am. Okay, but I still am not living that. I'm still not believing it by the way I live. So I was going to adult bookstores in the middle of the night because I was so desperate. And that's where, as my wife, Megan, will talk, we'll talk more here in a few minutes about the mental health issue and the disorder of obsessive compulsive disorder and the when anxiety levels do get to a certain yes. point that you just snap and you you do anything to bring that anxiety down to relieve it so i was having such anxiety and fear and i was homosexual that i would go to great lengths to to spend money i didn't have and go places i did not need to go like going to strip clubs by myself, not not like on a bunch of, with a bunch of dudes on a guy's trip by myself, because I was that desperate, and and that's where there's the tie in between mental health, porn and sexual addiction, and and same sex temptations and and this deception and this is this really nasty, like I said, messy looking web that was going on. And, and so that period in Nashville lasted from, that was 2010 I graduated and it went through 2013 um, that, I, that I got my next opportunity. So those three, two and a half years were, were pretty dark. Uh, so, so that was a really 
really uh, formative, like, I don't know, formative time of what was going on. I did get some therapy even from some certified sexual addiction therapists and, and different guys and, and even went to some uh, sexual addiction recovery groups. But I wasn't bought in. Certainly had no mental health, no clue about that, even though the things I was doing were clearly unhealthy mental health things that you might need to go see a psychiatrist about. But uh, yeah, God got me out of Nashville um, by opening up a job for me from Nashville, Tennessee to Oxford, Alabama. Uh, Which is a pretty unique story. I mean, if you want to hit that real quick about the you yeah, know, your, your rock star days and <laughs> rock star days. Uh, Shout out Raven Hill. Raven Hill. <laughs> Check them out on Apple Music. It's actually, actually pretty good music, yeah. I have to say. Yeah. So they, uh, they're still rocking. Um, I need to reach out to my friend Josh, the uh, lead singer. So, um, yeah, I was just feeling, and, and like I said, God was with me. I still knew the Holy Spirit. I, I, and so the Holy Spirit would put these promptings in me, even though I didn't know it was him, to do things like when Vanderbilt and Auburn came to play um, together at Vanderbilt University, when good old Kyle Frazier was the quarterback. And who's last? Uh, was that? That was uh, who was the coach uh, back then? That would have been it was like 2012 fall. Um. Is that Chiswick? Chiswick, yeah. Chiswick. That was Chiswick's yeah. demise. Yeah. Speaking of D-E. <laughs> <laughs> demise, yeah. Demise. Oh, man. Yeah. That was the worst game I've ever seen, honestly. Um, um, War high blood pressure eagle. <laughs> uh, War eagle anyways is our favorite. Like you're still in a demise. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> wife, so for those of you who are not from the state of Alabama... And don't understand this, or even if you do. So I'm an Auburn grad, and she's a an Alabama fan. And mm. Roll Tide. We are divided <laughs> on this one thing. I think this may. I think this may be the devil trying to start something here in the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. So, it's so Vanderbilt's at Vanderbilt at Auburn. Anyway, or no, Auburn's at Vandy. I'm still. I'm still a little bitter that Kyle Frazier threw the ball out of, out of bounds on yeah. fourth down. Yeah. Like way over through. Like it didn't even make sense. Let's refocus here. Sorry. So, <laughs> um, anyways, before the game. God is a guy to read, right? Yeah. Yeah. Before the game, I, when I was in those rock and roll days, I was not really as keen on, uh, what's the, what's a good word for self, uh, manicures. Grooming. Yeah. Grooming. <laughs> I was not as you weren't well groomed. I was not well groomed. Yeah, because you didn't you didn't keep up the you didn't you know the beautiful beard you have now. You didn't keep it up I like the I don't know the nice high and tight haircut. Yeah, no, I was just letting it, everything just grow and do whatever. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna shave and I'm gonna you know comb my hair. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna put on khakis and a polo because. You know, what says grown up other than khakis and a polo? I mean, um, you know. So I'm I'm going with my dad to a tailgate. Sigma Chi called and want their outfit back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, went to uh, meet my dad at a tailgate. Before this tailgate, I told my dad, I said, yeah, you know, I think I f- I'm feeling like my time with this band and in the music industry is done. I don't feel like this is where I'm called to use this gift even. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to go work, get a job, you know, office job, something, 
and, and just serve at a church uh, with my gift. And so five, 10 minutes after that conversation, talking with a guy, my parents have been sitting next to you. This is the red thread of God working through. Guy my parents sat next to for years at Auburn Games. He goes, wait, you, you found out, wait, you graduated at Auburn, really? What'd you study? I said, building science. He goes, huh, I'm an architect and I really need to hire a guy, but not for an architect position. It's for the position that requires a building science degree. That's so beautiful. And I go, <laughs> what? You know, Yeah. here's my car, call me. And yeah. God, one thing led to another. I moved from Nashville to Oxford, from the land of, of rock and roll and skinny jeans to the land of <laughs> God, God is so subtle sometimes tobacco, to the land of tobacco and duck boots <laughs> that's, that's true but, and, you know, hunting. and hunting God, God is God is so subtle sometimes the devil's super obvious um, but God is subtle but every once in a while he just kind of slaps you across the face with it you know like son you're moving yeah no he's like mm-hmm. undeniably yes. God yeah. you know sometimes you're like uh, I feel God moving, but he's being super subtle about it. Every once in a while, he just kind of like slaps you across the face, you know? That's what he does. Yeah. So praise God. He brought me to sweet home, Alabama, um, and was in Oxford, Alabama for about two years and still not, not really in the healthiest place, but I can see God continuing to slowly move me where he needs me to be. Yeah. Even through my wrong choices, by the way, um, you know, even in my missteps, he was still at work. He still was moving, and um, and so it was in that season, going to still recovery groups, but not all bought in. Going to therapy, but not all bought in, because I'm not really going to acknowledge one that I'm struggling with same sex temptation, but also really to begin to fight it and learn how to take thoughts captive or anything, because all I was doing was stirring the nest up by looking at porn and looking at porn and looking yeah. at porn and, you know, and just, it was a mess. So, so through the years, I've, I, you know, I've, which we'll get to my story in another episode, but I've had um, glimpses of God and I, and I find God and I start seeking him. Now, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, I always look back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what am I missing? And then there's this, this moment where you have to decide, can I, do I think I can have both? And I, I would always, oh yeah, I can, oh yeah, now that I'm here, I can, mm-hmm. I can go experience these things again. I can go and, and it's just like a slippery slope. You know, you get, you get closer to God. I'm closer, closer, closer. Oh, but that's so much fun. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it's a backslide and then it's, it's a cycle. Everything's just, is that is that kind of like what you were yeah. experiencing? Yeah, and and honestly, so good segue into, I was introduced to a girl through some people in our lives, then both of our lives that knew both of us, and there was actually at the same time I was introduced to this girl, there was a healthy girl at this church, because God was like beginning to start put these healthy things in place. And like you said, there were the Sodom and Gomorrah moments, right? Or where you're walking out and God says, don't turn and look back or else it's going to mess you up. So in this moment, I have this girl that is healthy, but then here comes an unhealthy girl. And I, one, had 
dealing with a mental health issue, obsessive compulsive disorder that, that I don't, you don't know. know you have. Undiagnosed, have. Yeah. Undiagnosed, untreated, unmedicated. So, so, I mean, I, I remember nights in the apartment at in Oxford where I'm sure the people on the floor below thought, you know, they needed to call the police or something because I would have moments where I would yell and scream and hit the floor and just get to these fits of anxiety and, and really dealing with spiritual nature um, and, and thinking I was hearing demonic voices at times and, and things like that where I, I wasn't sleeping. I mean, I would be awake, but not doing anything, but just in the dark, just wrestling, wrestling back and forth from 11 till three in the morning. Yeah. And then I would talk, call my sister at two in the morning and my sister ended up, you know, having to uh, kind of even deal with some codependency stuff there from, from me because I was such an unhealthy person in there. Um, and my parents just the whole time, you know, trying to, to help me, you know. So all that's going on, I meet this girl, I'm dealing with these temptations. Now I'm not really having to deal with pornography. And, you know, one of the things that I had to share with my wife who's sitting here when we met was this story as well. And that was where I started to use this girl uh, for my own sexual need, not me. It's not needs my own sexual pleasures and, and also compulsive your unhealthy sexual coping coping yeah. with anxiety, with, with the deception and saying, I'm going to turn instead of living based off of what is a concrete, true fact in the word of God, yeah. I'm going to still live on my feelings, yeah. which feel, feel it, they go up and down. And, and so, um, it was such an unhealthy relationship moved way too fast and she she actually pushed in ways because I was telling her I loved her and I didn't mean it because I would I just kept digging my hole deeper yeah. and um, she started pushing marriage and I felt like oh gosh and I, I I don't know what to do and I don't want to hurt her feelings like all of this is like this weird mixture of stuff and so I asked her to marry me the whole time it felt like friction nails on a chalkboard Ugh. because I, I knew I was going the wrong direction. Like the in, like the Holy Spirit the whole time. I remember still, God's still small voice. You can stop right now. You can stop right now. Stop right now. Just stop, you know? And side note on all of that is you know, marriage is a very big deal and it's never to be entered into lightly. Um, and so even if you're listening to this and you're a month out from your ceremony and the Holy Spirit has been telling you no for a long time. Not too late. It's not too late. And... Um, it's even not too late, even though a lot of people get more hurt, the more, the more, I'll say this, the more that you drag and the more that you procrastinate, the more people are going to get hurt. 
And so, a month before that, in fall of 2015, um, I was on my way, at this point, my first mental health breakdown happening at the very same time as um, calling this thing off. And so I'm staying in Alabaster with my brother at the time and driving to Montgomery, which is about an hour drive. I get halfway to Clanton, which if you ever got off, I got off at that Peach Park exit at Clanton, pulled into a gas station and I just went, I can't do this. Call my boss from a, this company in Montgomery. He said, uh, I, I told him what's going on. He said, yep, you need to go do that. Like my boss, because the first girl that I married, I knew I didn't love her. Is your boss saying this? My boss. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he goes, it'll never work if you try to force it to work. And then, so I, I call my brother and other people that are these rock solid people in my life. Um, you know, I talked about my brother and these other, in the other podcasts. And I found that the devil twisted a lot of what he did and, and said, not, not okaying things that he had said or done, but really twisted and made it where I, I didn't feel close to my brother. I didn't trust him. I held things against him, but man, my brother is a rock. Yeah. And I love that man. And he will stand in the middle of a fire with me. In fact, he's a fireman. Uh, <laughs> volunteer fireman. Volunteer fireman. So, um, but called him. He set me up with a pastor and a friend of his. And I don't think he knew this guy's story. I think he just was saying, all right, well, I'm going to get you to sit down with somebody. Let's, let's talk it out. This guy says, hmm, I don't, I don't, most people don't know this about me, but hey, I was married before. And I'm the woman I'm married to now, you know. Before that, I was married to somebody. I was not a believer. I was, I, on the day of the wedding, I knew. I already knew. I didn't love her. I, and, and so I had the opportunity. My best man said, man, I'll go out there, man. You just go right out the back door and I'll cover for you. And he said, and no, I just said, no, I'll learn to love her. You know what? Two years later, disaster. Yeah. And... And so God's, I mean, the hand of God, the moment that I, that I stopped that car and turned around. He God, gave you the reassurance. Of like it. he just, it, it, and it's that picture that different pastors I've seen have used where God's, like we think that we've run so far away from God that he's a million miles away because we have messed up that much. And it's like, no, 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 like, Literally, he was with me the whole time, and the moment I turned around, he said, "Hey, I got you now. Just let me, let me lead you. I'm just yeah. gonna carry you now, yeah. as you go." And so, and, and this will, and so I called it off. And so this is where we're gonna kind of get into where I get to actually hear my wife's beautiful voice. <laughs> and and but she's uh, still here. She's, yeah, she's still here. <laughs> um, <laughs> But this was the first mental health breakdown that that was visible, really. Like my parents had seen stuff throughout the years, but this was the first that they were. Did you know Megan at this point? No, no, no. 
So she was already probably living in Montgomery at the time. I right? was. I'd, I'd moved to Montgomery in um, fall of 2014. Yes. Yes. So. so this was fall of 15 that I was up in Birmingham as a 28-year-old moving in with mom and dad. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't know who that was quite a phone call even to them that day. They were coming back from a vacation with some sweet, I call them like my uh, spiritual parents, parents, I guess, uh, uh, from England, uh, Ken and Sue. And it just was such a God thing that they were there for my mom and my dad at that time, especially my mom, just being the mother of a son who does that is especially as close as she got to my ex-fiance. Um, was devastating That's for her. Yeah, she she dealt with that trust broken from me. Yeah. Um, we'll have to interview her about trust issues. I mean, as a mom, wow. Um, but I remember I, I was in my parents' my dad's office, and I was this weird range of emotions, and I had experienced these urges, and and now that. We've gone through my second mental health breakdown. We know what this is, but when I was running so fast and and so hard against what my mind was saying, and you're really doing gymnastics in your brain. If you think about your you're lying to yourself, you're lying to everybody else, yeah, and you're you're actually speaking the devil's native language, which is like open that door wide open. Like, here you go, devil. Yeah. Come on in. I'm going to lie to this girl. I'm going to lie to yourself. I'm going to lie to everybody else, lie to myself. And so you got the spiritual aspect. You got the mental health side. And so I was starting to have thoughts and urges of killing my ex-fiance. And, and what it was the weirdest. I, I was like, and I was so scared. Was it something where you knew it wasn't okay? Like you knew like, hey, this is... This is odd. Like, yes, I yeah. knew. And so for me, there was no thought, this is mental health. I went, this is a demon. I'm going, it's because I'm going the wrong direction. You know, that, that spiritual was, warfare is what yeah, you were Yeah, I, I thought it was just a demon yeah. inside of me. Or, yeah. So, anyways, I called off and it's like, I'm, I move in with my parents. Well, then I start experiencing some feelings like that towards my own parents and I'm just like whoa oh whoa 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 no and so at that time I had begun going to therapy and that therapist mentioned as part of what he was doing that I might have obsessive compulsive disorder yeah but he didn't treat obsessive compulsive disorder he was just a talk therapist but he did put me on a godsend and that is Zoloft and that's an anti-anxiety medication that's actually used to treat obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and just look at God. God knew what I needed, even though it wasn't the exact level and the right counseling. It was... It got you in the right direction. It got me in the right direction. He nudged you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so I lived with my parents in that fall. And I'm actually starting to take really healthy steps <coughs> because I really did... That's when I first started really going all in, in recovery groups. The first group meeting that I went to, the topic, um, and it's the same ministry that we ended up 
finding us uh, meeting each other and, and going to this this group down here now yeah. it's the same ministry and it's what God has done but that night was about living a lie deceiving everybody else when you're really doing something else mm. and I and Ooh, I was yeah. just like what <laughs> they read your mail exactly oh no that, that's been my that's been my life up until October I, yeah I, as long as people thought that I was um, seeking God, as long as people, I had the appearance of that. Mm-hmm. What I did, because it, it really didn't matter what I was doing, it only mattered what other people thought. Mm-hmm. That's really where I derived my work, yeah. Yeah. was from what other people thought. So as long as other people, I could deceive other people mm-hmm. in thinking that I was one way, then I could do all this other quote-unquote fun stuff yeah. you know, without the judgment that came with it. Yeah. And I, and I can see how the real pain and trauma that that I and, and, and you and all of us experience in our lives, the devil offers those counterfeit acceptances. Yeah. Man, and that'll man, that'll preach nowadays. Right? Uh, the we're an affirming church. We're accepting when, man, you know, you know, this is that's not really who you are. Living, trying to be a woman, maybe as a man instead, you know, and or living in a whatever the sinful thing is. It doesn't have to even be. Dealing with same sex it doesn't have to be sexual. It can be any anything, addiction, any type yeah. of any sin that is you're you're going somewhere and you're going. I just want acceptance, affirmation, and and it's trying to heal, find healing for those wounds in places that you're not going to get it, and and you know that false ex- acceptance that you're getting the false affirmation to deal and you're, the way that you're getting false affirmation is you're lying so nothing is yeah. true here no you're right it's not just even, all even the affirmation is not true and it's exhausting it's yeah. an exi- it is keeping it up yeah so, so you so you so you're in your parents house you're having these fantasies of of murder yeah so your story could go along a, a lot it different could gone, it could have gone really bad yeah even at that point but i think that god start god helped me with that medicine i reached the point where i said i will do whatever it takes I said if I, I told them my parents that day if I needed to be checked into a hospital check me into a hospital you know but it wasn't uh, it didn't seem like I was at that extreme yeah so the therapy was working to at least take me steps gradual health I was I was getting healthy in recovery even though I wasn't sober and I was still struggling in my sobriety and acting out I was still on this trajectory upwards. And that's when God called me to move to Montgomery in 2016 and to actually go to um, a, a college that our church mm-hmm. has these evening classes. And so he called me away from the city where the headquarters hub is to the city down south that I didn't really want to go to yeah. um, until God just put Montgomery is the place that I love and my heart. And so I moved to Montgomery and I was 
man, I was gung-ho that I found my place in this world and life. And, you know, I, I think it's funny we can get into these where we hit a rock bottom and then we try so quickly thinking that right now I'm going to rise up to the surface and I'm going to lead the pack. You try to force God, right? Yeah. Like you try to like, you try to take it, you still, you still haven't given up control. Yeah. Cause you've hit rock bottom. Well, okay. Well, it's, it's, you're still trying to muscle yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. You're still trying to like climb and claw. You haven't surrendered control yet. Yeah. And, and so I'm, I'm coming, I come to Montgomery. That's where I meet my wife. Actually, one of the first nights of me even being in Montgomery. You did. That's uh, crazy. Everybody cheese it up right now. <laughs> you did. And, yeah. and that's where even more of the redemption, truly, yeah. this woman right here is, is, you know, besides Jesus himself and the Holy Spirit, this is the greatest gift that I have. No, I, I, you know, I, I've only known you with Megan, so that's, you know, you know, y'all are Megan and Aaron. There's no Aaron, there's no Megan. It's Megan and Aaron. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So she sees this guy come in that uh, looks so godly and probably thinks I have it all together. And where's your, where's yeah. your, because this is, this, I'm very interested in this. Where's your struggle with gender identity and same sex attraction here? Yeah. So at this point, because I started going to therapy. So I hit my, my that rock bottom point. And at that point is where I get introduced to a really good therapist in Birmingham. Uh, and just for privacy's sake, I won't mention him on, on the air, but uh, this guy is one of those other, you know, rocks, lifesaver type guys in my life. Um, and it was not the first guy I went to directly after the breakdown, but it was through the recovery group and an intensive retreat that I went to dealing with sexual addiction intensive that I really started to surrender to God. I started to surrender and say, God, come! I can't do this. I can't beat this on my own. And I began to go back and look at these memories, you know, and and, uh, I was talking to a dad who's got um, somebody in his life that he's really praying for, one of his children that's struggling right now. I was talking to him and he asked me when on the podcast I'm going to share something that helps. And I will say that that whether it's mental health, just, just obsessive compulsive disorder, depression, anxiety, any of those or compulsive addictions, um, gender identity, you know, the clinical side that's saying dysphoria now, it's worth seeing a Christian therapist. I emphasize the word Christian, but also biblical, like rooted in the word of God, walking with Jesus, spirit-filled, counselor that is going to be able to listen, ask the right question that knows. And and so um, that's really where the healing truly began for me because I I started going back in to the pain. The reason I can go back and know that, that that time in my middle and high school years was such 
a formative time is because I did a lot of hard work. And so, so I was doing a lot of hard work in understanding the roots. Yeah. Um, and that was in 2016. That was in 2016 yeah. and 17 that I was, yeah. you know, really, I was driving from Montgomery to Birmingham to go to therapy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> hey, I know that a lot. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. He's a great guy. Uh, he is a great guy. Yeah. Uh, he, is, he is. I make that trip once a month. Yeah. I did too. So Megan does not know that any of this is happening. And so I meet her and I actually, the Lord begins to kind of go, hey, Aaron. Pay attention here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say <laughs> to my wife. So yes, I yeah. I didn't know obviously didn't know any anything of his past. Obviously, um, yeah, because when you meet somebody, say, yeah, when you meet somebody and they completely air out their dirty laundry, that's a red flag. I mean, it's it's, <laughs> it's like I need to run. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't do that. No. Um, it's it's a process. And we obviously. put on our best clothes. Yes, um, we only so, talk about the best. And things. you know, so for you know, for me, you know, here I am. Um, you know, I'm we're late twenties. You know, and I've, you know, been. Living a life of purity, you know, praying for my husband, mm-hmm. knowing in my heart what I know God um, has promised me, and holding on to that. And like most single women right now that are believers and that are also in that same journey, um, which can be disheartening, but also um, to see others, you know, living their life, getting married, and you're like, well, when is it going to be me? Like, when is it going to be, be me? And, um, so me and Aaron just we were just one night at the church office. We were portable at the time, and I'm I'm just awkward a lot of time. Like most, I, I've I've never been that girl that hung out with all the guys. I was never that girl back in school. Obviously, you know, for me up until this point, I've never been in a committed relationship. Never dated anyone in my entire life. Never opened my heart to anyone. So obviously, there's a lot of walls mm-hmm. there, and just believing that. Any guy would want to see me and talk to me or even want to pursue me um, because I didn't see myself like that. And um, I was just immersed in serving the Lord, being faithful to the church, you know, serving. And at the time I was serving in kids ministry, youth ministry, starting the worship team. I mean, that's just what my life was. And um, so I meet Aaron and I notice immediately he's great. He's easy to talk to. Like, that's weird for me. And I'm like, but then in my mind, I'm going, why is this guy talking to me? <laughs> like, he obviously, is, oh, he's just trying to be a friend. He's new. He's new to the church, whatever. You know, obviously, I noticed that he's really cute. And so that was my radar. Um, but slowly, just through serving and the teams that we were on, I just start noticing him. I, I notice his heart for others. He's always smiling. He has joy. Um you know, he's musical, which that was attractive to me because I was like, oh, I just love that he, he's a worshiper. You know, I'm seeing all the good things. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Like, yeah, that's what you and do, that's right? Thing. Yeah. At, at church, you're going to see all the good things. Oh, yeah. And, it, and that's good. Of, yeah. And the start of a relationship. Yeah, and at the start, that's cool because <laughs> yeah. you're just noticing those things. Then we start going to small groups together, hanging out with other people. So we just became friends. I mean, that's a good starting place just to be friends. Is, yeah. But... I, I felt I felt that my heart wanted, I was like, well, you know, this is the first man that I've come across that if he were to ask me a coffee or he were to, you know, I would say yes. And I couldn't say that for a lot of guys that I was in relationship with or just in friendship with. And so 
you know, my heart was just, was again, seeing all those things. Um, you know, we've had it, we had a few others in our, um, just around us that were kind of pointing, well, you need to talk to, you need to talk to her or, you know, we've had, an, and I don't even want to get into those yeah, details right now, into, but yeah. that may be a relationship thing. But towards the end of that year, I kind of felt like, you know, just expecting him to make a move. I'll just be honest, yeah. like just make, just <laughs> ask me out, please. You know, I've been praying, you know, and then we go into 2017. It was like a totally different person. I, I yeah. he, it, the term ghosted, that was what he did. It was, we came from really building a good friendship hanging out with groups of people to all of a sudden I felt completely like I wasn't even there. Yeah. Um, not knowing what he was dealing with. Again, like I'm only seeing what I see at church. And so for me, um, I'm seeing him with someone else sometimes, you know, but not no one ever saying that he was in a relationship, but then barely talking to me at church other than maybe waving at me just super awkward, just weird stuff. And there was, and we won't go into complete detail of that year, but um, just I knew in my spirit though, like I knew it was the Holy Spirit. There was something in it that was going on and I just prayed. Like I have journals to prove it. Like I prayed yeah, for Aaron. Yes. I was like, Lord, I don't, I have these feelings for this man. And I know, I know that what I'm seeing may only be surface, but there's something deeper that he is battling and going through. And if this is my husband or if this is the man that you have for me, like, I will wait, I will pray, or if I need to let this go, I will surrender it. You know, and I had, I mean, journals of that and, and through 21 days of prayer and, you know, and it was hard. It was very lonely, um, you know, many nights by myself. Um, people I've trusted to be friends in that time portrayed me. It was a, a, a really hard year in itself just for me. Yeah. Um, and again, I didn't know until later, you yeah. know, what he was also battling that year. Yeah. Um, but I chalk it up to this was the breakthrough moment was 2017 fall, because we do 20, 21 days of prayer in January, then we do it again in August at our church. And um, that was the day that I like that moment where I really surrendered him. I said, all right, Lord, like I give this to you. Like, yes, I'm going to believe the best, but I'm going to, because again, I would try to like, purposely try to be around him at church or like I was trying to go the extra mile to know to to help him notice me, mm. which I knew again was unhealthy. I said, this is not who I am, God. I'm not some girl that parents is around this church trying to get this made. This is not who I am. If he you, you if this were, is meant to be You're trying to force God's hand. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so he was teaching me in that time too to, you trust, need my help. It's to fine. trust and just yeah. and to let this go and let him go and yeah. let God do the work that obviously was being done that I didn't know about so and so at that time I just I surrendered it and I stopped worrying about it mm-hmm. like I saw him at church but it wasn't a big like I just let it go and um, stop letting it control me and just trust the Lord and mind you at that time I was still trying to look for different jobs I was thinking, well maybe maybe I don't need to be here maybe I need to be a different church maybe I need you know so I started going and like pursuing other things but every door yeah. would shut would shut after shut and I, don't know, I was like why yeah. Why do you still have me here, God? Like, I don't understand why you still have me here. Mm-hmm. And so I go in. It's 2018 now, and it's my year. I turned 30. And I'm like, all right, I'm turning 30. This is like my mom's special <laughs> year. Like, and I felt that, too. I was like, something's changing. I don't know what's going to happen this year, but I just felt it in my spirit. Um, I turned 30. Someone shows up at my 30th birthday party that I didn't know was coming because it was uh. a surprise. And so, obviously, he's 
Aaron starts kind of getting more back into my life. He shows up there. So, we start talking again at church. So, and I'm going, like, what in the world's going yeah. on? So getting into where was I? <laughs> yeah, because so, you disappeared. Like, yeah. you're gone. Yeah, so he, he, getting, yeah. getting into that. Um, and also, and we can even get into this when we talk about my second breakdown. But just thinking about Megan's was in Megan has had to do this several times where patiently prayerfully giving me to the Lord yes. to trust God yeah. that God was big enough yeah yeah to do the work in me that that only he could do and um and so man whatever whoever that is in your life uh, whether it is a child, whether that's a spouse or a parent or a brother or a sister or a friend, um, man, and they may they may be swept up totally right now in this whole LGBTQIA plus 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 thing, and uh, and or they may be pulled into anything else and, and you may just say man I, I keep trying and it's not working and um, as hard as it is to surrender and, and I, this just hit me it was in the fall of that year when Megan surrendered of 17 that I cut off what it wasn't even really a like official established relationship but it was a uh, codependent situationship situationship yes uh, and, and you know man um, and, and God so setting it up we may have to we may have to set this up for a segue we may have to set up a segue here yeah Keep it a little long yeah, yeah. Uh, so setting setting yeah. setting this up I'm surrounded by the people in our church surrounded by good people and so yeah. there's two guys that, that really watch, that God put in my life in this period. Yeah. Um, and I had a very similar, man, I'm telling you what, it was like the exact same situation that had happened in Oxford. Here's a healthy girl, and then here's an unhealthy girl that's just throwing herself at me. Yeah, yeah. And and so... The distraction versus... Yes. Yeah. The direction. And, yeah. Right. The, the distraction versus the direction. And then um, it's like... And I tell people, it's almost like the story of Job where the devil goes, says, I'd like to mess with your your son, Job, over there, your child, Job. Okay. Yep. He's faithful to me, though. You know? And, yeah. and so it's like God allowed me to be tested and really to go through it where it was going to see what direction he would go. And so, I, man, I got close to some dangerous lines. But man, Again. I, yeah, but I didn't, but this time I said, no, this is not who I am. This is not what I want. And I'm, and so what ends up happening is I, so for half that time I was in that unhealthy place. The other half I spent kind of going back to the getting healthy, getting healthy, I'm getting healthy. So from the, from End of 2017 through summer 2018. Summer, yeah. Yeah. And then I had both of these guys that I trusted 
Yeah. And I said, man, I, I think I really want to take Megan out. And they said, go for it. You're ready. Mind yeah. you, also, fall of, this is how God is, fall of 17, full surrender for me on my end. Yeah. He approaches me to ask to hang out in the same month in 2018, August of 18. Yeah. He approaches me at church again. And surrendered prayer. Tell a me. year, a year to that time. Yeah, it was it was after that twenty one days of prayer where God told told me, put it in me. You're ready. You're ready, Aaron. It's time. And so, you know, segueing here, we we've set it up. You, the the mental health, the same sex attraction, the gender identity, the redemption of that. Yeah. But we're not done yet. This is not. This oh, no. is the story's not. <laughs> We're we're just now. Because I don't know that Aaron. I'm like you just like how you started. Yeah. You know this Aaron yeah. here. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Like yeah. none of that. Because now here I am. And I, you know, I'm just seeing what I see at church. Yeah. Now it's just like now I get to start the journey of. She begins that journey with me. And now I'm about yeah. to start the journey of finding out who this man yeah. really is. And we don't. And we definitely don't want to rush that part no, of the story no. because I think that it's, is probably it's a lot. needs yeah. its own. That does episode which is the 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 marriage the pandemic the mental even our, breakdown. our, our date we dated for a year that yeah. that in itself you know i've we've said this from the beginning the enemy has tried its his best to kill to kill this kill steal yeah. and destroy from the time we were i mean from the time of aaron being brought to montgomery even just that season we just talked to those two years yeah um of that season and then prior to his step to pursue me yeah. and, and beyond. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that it really is, you know, maybe, maybe the, the real ministry moment of this episode and we'll close it out is it's really for, for those listening who either one, you have somebody that you are so broken and praying for, and you feel hopeless for them and you feel like, man, how could God be working in the midst of it? And so maybe uh, my prayer is that even hearing how God was still at work mm-hmm. in those times can can give you some hope. And, and if you are listening to this and you're running and you keep trying to get away keep trying to get away and God just keeps on showing up and showing up and showing up. Yeah. We know what happens to people when they run away. Just, just read about Jonah. Yeah. And and so, and speaking of Jonah and and this is kind of the the heart of this is, um, what got me to turn the car around on that day, my first mental health breakdown. Funny story is that I was still, I was, I was playing the game and going to prayer during a 21 days of prayer thing with this girl and her family uh. in the Birmingham area. And at that point, and I love, and I've mentioned our pastor, Pastor Mark, before he was talking, one of our pastors that morning, and he was talking about Jonah. And he said, you know, there's two types of storms one is a storm that's sent by the enemy. And that's just an attack, but the other is a storm that God sends. And it's worse. Mm. 
it's more powerful. He allows the enemy to have even more boom, and he goes. So right now, some of you out there are are experiencing a storm, but it's not like Jonah, maybe. It's not, you're not actually on a ship, but man, you are going the wrong direction and the storm is bad. And man, you need to get off of that ship. You need to jump, turn around. And, and so I say that if you're feeling the friction, the nails on the chalkboard, as I said, and you have that Holy Spirit, small voice, maybe you've never even known what to call it, that God is right there. Mm. That's he's so not good. far away. Yeah. That's so good. That's right. And he's ready for you to literally just take a leap, just to turn around and take that leap of faith. So I, I just pray, if that's you, and this is something I felt led to do on, on these podcasts, is to offer a place for you to do that and to give you those words. So that's if that's you, just take this moment to just confess to God that you're going in the wrong direction. Just say, God, I am not going in the right direction. And I open my heart up. Yeah. And Lord, I turn around and I come back to you. Lord, I give my life to you. I believe that Jesus, you paid the price for me to be redeemed, to be forgiven, that you rose again to resurrect my life. And Lord, I just follow you. Lead me now as I take steps towards healthy living and healing. Lord, I love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. You are so loved. And I love being here with my lovely wife. And like Aaron said, like Aaron said, if you're headed headed in the wrong direction, God can help you reverse. That's right. And uh, as always, you can reach out to us on, uh, you can send an email to redeemingidentity at gmail.com. Thanks. See y'all next time. See you next time. Bye.